Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week, and I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Got a lot to talk about on the next hour. Listen, there's a lot going on in sports. I know the coronavirus, and I'll give you the updates on that. I know that's at the front of everyone's mind, but we're your escape. So we will talk a lot about free agencies. We have NFL MVP odds. I'm going to tell you who you should throw a couple of bucks on and where that's all sitting. Of course, the free agent movements, whatnot. Special, what are the odds today? That should be really interesting. That's in about 20 minutes. And then bet to the future. I am uh, very interested in the bet to the future today as well. Facebook and Twitter, go right there. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N is the number to call. So, guys, let's get right into it. Look, I have to give a little coronavirus update from the sports world, right? And we have to talk about from the sports world. The Olympics have been postponed. We don't have a date, but that has been postponed. Now... The speculation comes in, and the speculation is running the gamut of hopeful to we don't know. While I sit here and I give you guys these updates, understand I am deferring and I'm giving you updates on other people and what they're saying. I always assume if I'm not an expert in the field, that there is somebody in the field that is an expert, and I'm going to listen to them. You want to talk about sports betting? I'm your guy. I'm going to be the expert in the field on sports betting. You want to talk about sports betting radio? You want to talk about sports talk radio? You want to talk about sports radio? You want to talk about just radio in general? I am an expert in these fields. I'm not an expert in the coronavirus or the COVID or the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus or whatever you want to call it. I'm not an expert there. And I don't think any of the people that I'm going to talk to you about are experts either. I'm going to tell you opinions from coaches, from owners, from players. I don't think that any of them are experts, but they probably have more information information at their fingertips than I do because there could be billions lost where I could only lose thousands. So let's get into it. All right. The report is coming out. The NFL coaches and front office executives, even players, are starting to believe that it will be nearly impossible to start the NFL season on time. I know everyone's going, wait a minute, the NFL season, we, we don't even start for months and months and months. How can this? What are you talking about? Can we can we calm down with that conversation? No, 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 no we can't. There has to be a certain amount of ramp up time. And the ramp up time would equal what we're talking about, what they do in the summer right? The training camp has got to be a full training camp. Now, there is no danger today. There is uh, no danger tomorrow. And 
The president came out this week and said he wants it to be done by Easter, but I think that was a little hopeful. The NFL is questioning opening day. Now, the NFL will not have the NFL draft in Las Vegas, but they still are going to go with the NFL draft from April 23rd to April 25th. Now, I personally, I think they should do one draft a day, right? One round a day, I should say. First round on Thursday, second round Friday, third round Saturday, fourth round. Give us something. But they will still have the NFL draft the way that it's going to go down for the NFL. They're going to have the NFL draft, and during the NFL draft, it's going to be from general managers' offices or from complexes. Uh, they're going to set up, try to set up cameras in some of the first round players' homes. They're trying to do the best they can, but the reason why they're having the draft primarily is because they want to speed up the week because they want to still try to get opening day in September, even though most of them are saying that it's not going to happen. Well, how about the NBA? Now, the NBA has some other opinions on it. David Griffin told Jen Hill that the possibility of the NBA canceling the remainder of the season isn't on anyone's mind. David Griffin uh, is the Pelicans' chief in charge. We'll call him Mr. Everything, right? They're, the the NBA is being consistent that they are not canceling the season. So the NFL is worried about maybe not starting the season on time. The NBA says, yeah, we're starting. Mark Cuban came out and he said he's hopeful the NFL season will be able to resume beginning in May. He said, hopefully, the beginning of May, maybe the middle of May, will be starting to get back to normal and NBA will be playing games. You know, he said, I'm going to take the over-under being June 1st, and I'm taking the under. So the NBA just believes 100% that not only will they continue their season, and the owners in the NBA, this is now multiple owners, also believe, yeah, they're coming back relatively soon when you think they're going to miss April. They're going to miss March, obviously. They're missing the next week. They're going to miss April. Okay. They're going to come back mid-May, early June. You figure, finish off uh, the regular season. If they have any, get into it. You're talking about playoffs late August, early September, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at. So two different views between the NFL, who was cautiously nervous about the September early opening kickoff, week one. They're nervous about it. And then you talk about the NBA, who goes, yeah, no, we're definitely going to play. Let's go to college football. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said, the window for holding spring practices is coming in weeks, and it's a very narrow one. They don't believe that they're going to have any spring practices. That's the SEC Commissioner. Okay. For what it's worth, Sankey indicated that uh, a press conference is still planned for media days as well in all those kind of situations in July. All right. So you look at that and they go, okay, from the college football standpoint, they're canceling spring, but they're still having media days in July. How do you feel about that? That's how you read it. Virginia head coach Brocko Mendenhall said there could be a chance that it's not even one full schedule played this year, meaning... Everyone is not only going to play, they're not going to play their 10-11 games. That's if football is played, he said. If. Wow. Okay, so oh, once again, we have conflicting views. I'm not telling you I agree or disagree with any of this. The NFL, obviously nervous about opening day. College football, seemingly nervous about getting a season in or a full season. NBA going, yeah, don't worry. We're definitely going to play. Definitely going to play. All right, let's go to Major League Baseball. Now, by the way, NHL has been very quiet on the issue. They are kind of letting this thing play out. Let's go to Major League Baseball. Well, what we're looking at with Major League Baseball is this. Major League Baseball is negotiating neutral site playoff games because the playoffs might be pushed into November. What they're basically saying is, look, from opening day until the end of October, 
It's going to be about 123 games. They're thinking about playing doubleheaders. If opening day is pushed back to July 1st, and that's sort of the date that I continue to hear is July 1st. That, that That's kind of the date. I had originally heard 4th of July weekend, opening day. It all coincides. Sounds like an interesting idea, but let's just say the July 1st date. That's about 110, maybe 120 regular season games. They would want double headers often. So that's where Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is saying, yeah, we're going to do things to make sure that the season gets in. We are going to try to give us as many games as possible. But we're also very aware, more than likely, that it's going to be prolonged and we might have to have neutral site games when we get to the playoffs because you can't be playing, you know, in New York or Boston or, or well, not Boston this year, but you can't be playing in, in these uh, cold weather stadiums where, where there's snowing on the ground, okay? We, we just can't have that for the World Series. So they're talking about neutral site games. All of these leagues have differing opinions. What I will say is this. Throughout all of the opinions, whether you go to college football, NFL, NBA, anything, no one, not one league that I have heard of is saying we're going to be back in April. None. No one is saying we're going to be ready in April. The NFL draft, which is not a, a contact sport, we'll say, right? There's no contact in the NFL draft, is in late April, and they were hesitant to even put that on. So you can pretty much put it in the bank, and I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you, pretty much put it in the bank that there will be no sports for the rest of March, I think that's obvious, and probably for the rest of April. As far as May is concerned, NBA is her hoping May. Mark Cuban is her hoping in mid-May. It's the only talk that I've heard for May. Most everyone is saying hopefully in June. And Major League Baseball, remember, they're saying July 1st opening day, but they want to give about three weeks of spring training. So they're looking at June. I would say, guys, that our sports world hopefully will be back on track come June 1st. I think we're going to have to suffer, obviously, through March. And there are obviously bigger things in the world, but there's a sports show. So when I say suffer, I mean mentally suffer without sports. Obviously, we're going to suffer a little bit through March. I don't think we're going to get anything in April. I'd be hesitant to say we're going to get anything in May. I think June is when things start coming back to normal. June, we start to get spring training. I think by June, we start to get the NBA back. I think by June, we start to get some training camp back. By June, we start to get those spring practices back for college football. And I think by July 1st, we are in full gear. Major League Baseball back, NFL targeting opening day, college football getting ready to go, NBA getting into the playoffs. I think July 1st is when it's all back to normal, but you'll start to feel back to normal June 1st. We have some time. You know, this is not going to go away quick. Here's my, my beautiful scenario about Major League Baseball, though. First of all, as a sports better, you start to hear more doubleheaders during all this, these problems and everything. I'm your getaway. Okay, so again, take this with a grain of salt. We know there's bigger problems. We know there's problems. There's high-risk people. I get it. Okay, my mother's a high-risk person that basically... Uh, lives around the block for me, okay? I'm considered high risk because I had pneumonia just a couple of months ago. So I'm not trying to put that on the back burner, but I'm trying to remember that, look, there are scenarios that as a sports better, you can make some money on and angles on. Double headers are one of them. Double headers are very, very, very good for sports betters, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it just is. It's just very good for sports betters, double headers. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of double headers. Here is my scenario of what I like for Major League Baseball. Okay, neutral site playoff games, not the worst thing, but I, I would do it all in an area where everybody can kind of get to, everybody can kind of uh, have fun with. How about this for a scenario? Okay, as much as, by the way, as much as 
a lot of the things that I'm going to say are going to be thrown away. Just take it for what it is. How about this for a scenario? All National League games are played in Marlins Park. All American League games played in Tampa Bay. Unless Tampa Bay makes the playoffs, then you switch it up. Now, you can say, well, Tampa Bay is going to have a home field advantage, but really, are they? And that's kind of why I picked these two locations. First of all, it's nice weather in both. Second of all, um, the fan bases, let's just be honest, they're not massive, overwhelming in either city. Florida is close to quite a few places, but far enough away from a few places. And I think the people on the West Coast are going to get a little upset. So if you wanted to do that, well, we could always also take San Diego into account, right? We could always go go over to San Diego. Uh, Maybe pick a neutral location. How about Houston? What about the Yankees and Dodgers World Series game in Houston? (laughs) That could be interesting, too. It's got to be a scenario where it's not going to give somebody an advantage, which is just a a real, real hard kind of sell, but it's got to be that way. I'm okay with Major League Baseball starting spring training in May, starting the season in June instead of July, and having no fans in the stands until all of a sudden, July 4th weekend. July 4th weekend is the welcome back to baseball. Welcome the fans back. You give away bats. You have signs. You got... That's the welcome back moment. I'm okay with, with that, with stands being empty for the month of June if it gets us started faster. And I know that it's tough to get started faster. I know we all have to be cautious. I get that. But there is the idea of grabbing those fans that are desperate. And this is a business conversation now, not a coronavirus conversation, but it is. There is an idea of getting those desperate fans, getting those desperate people to attach to the game. Major League Baseball can do that. They would have the spotlight on them 100%, which is the same reason why I just said the NFL draft could take seven full days. Are a lot of people on the seventh day going to be watching the seventh round of the NFL draft? Probably not, uh, you know, but who cares? Have it. And see if you could draw anything. So that's one. And then I like this. I like double headers every weekend. Every weekend, you give double headers. But not only do you give double headers, I like the idea that we can extend the double headers to extend the roster. So every weekend comes up, you know you're going to get double headers. You get a split double header, right? You play all the early games, uh, and then they come back for the late game, whatever. You know, you don't go directly back to back. During the weekend, so that's every Saturday and every Sunday you get double headers, that would work. You also then extend the rosters because you're going to have to give extra players. So you extend the rosters by like two guys. I like that. I like the the scenario of getting doubleheaders and getting them on specific dates. We know when they're going to be. Give it to them on the weekends. Go back to that. That works as well. And I would also say one of the the, the key components, and maybe this is just the the sports better in me that, uh, you know, is sitting at home and I want something to do during the day. I would start with a lot more day games, guys. Major League Baseball season, if you're going to try to squeeze 120 games is kind of the conversation I'm hearing. You're trying to squeeze 100 games, July, August, September, October. You only have about 120 days. You got to give these guys off days. Uh, That's why I think they should start in June. But if you're trying to squeeze even 100 into 120 days or 110, you're going to have very few off days. Lots of day day games. And you might say it's going to hurt the ticket counter, and it may hurt that ticket counter. You're right. Uh, but at this point, I think you've got to think ab- about the fans, about uh, who the fans are. Day games, 
are good. They, they really are, especially when the summer months come. The kids are off from school. All of a sudden, you can get that younger generation, that younger crowd. And I'm not talking about only on a Saturday or Sunday. Give us day games. And if you don't want to go full day game, right? let's say you don't want to go complete full day game, what's the harm of starting a, a East Coast, New York, Boston, Philly game at 4 o'clock? Right, so kids can see the end of the game. I think this is a chance where Major League Baseball has an opportunity. As far as NBA, look, I know Mark Cuban wants to come back, and I know these owners want to come back and they want to have a regular season. I think we've got to get to a point where we just scrap the idea that there's going to be a regular season. I, I mean, you you really, really have to. You want to get these guys ramped up. And uh, the, the people that are arguing the importance of regular season in the NBA are the same people that are saying, oh, yeah, well, just throw them out there. If it's so important, that means you need to restart your team up. You're, you're going to have to give them a couple of games to kind of get in the flow. So I get it. Maybe you don't want to start the playoffs there. But if the regular season is so important, you don't want to start the playoffs, then why do this? What I would do is this, is I would give the NBA... Give them two weeks. Two weeks of inter-squad kind of preseason-y type of games because you don't want the games mattering as soon as they walk back onto the court. Two weeks to prepare, and then you go right to the playoffs. Mark Cuban's saying, you know, mid-May. Let's say they start up in mid-May, but the playoffs begin on June 1st. And in mid-May, it's more scrimmagey, it's more preseason type, get them all back up to speed, get everybody up, up and going. And then we're looking at Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs all going on at the same time. I would do the same thing with the NHL. You know, I don't want anybody jumping onto the, the ice, jumping onto the court day one and that game be meaningful. Give them some sort of ramp up like you're giving to the NFL and like you're giving to Major League Baseball. But in the same respect, enough of the regular season. Stop trying to force it in. I don't want to be sitting there on a Sunday and worrying, do I watch you know, the World Series Game 5? Do I watch the NBA playoffs or the NBA finals game five? Or do I watch uh, a Sunday night football game? I don't want to be having that conversation. As cool as it is, it, it, listen, let's stack this for a reason. So you got to think about when you could capitalize the most on what you could kind of capitalize the most on as far as viewership, as far as getting the fans back, as far as all of that is concerned. That's something that we just flat out have to have. We've got to have a plan right now. What we're hearing with the general managers, with the owners, with the coaches, right down to the players, there's a lot of uncertainty. And it's expected at this point. Uncertainty is perfectly fine. But have a plan for when you come back. It looks like the NBA is, is being aggressive. It looks like the NFL is being very cautious. Major League Baseball looks like they have a plan. I hope they all have a plan. Let's get a plan for every single league and a viable plan. The one thing I want to leave with you guys before we take our first time out here, the one thing I want to leave is, yes, March is going to be tough. April is going to be tough. But there is a lot of hope that in May we'll have sports again. And that is where we sit with the coronavirus news. All right, we're going to move it over. We're going to start to talk a little bit about the free agency. We're going to have a little MVP conversation. All the MVP odds are out. We're going to do all that. First, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll be right back here on Wagering Week. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, this week's odds for the first time in 75 years. 
The Kentucky Derby will not be held in the first Saturday in May. No, the Louisville Courier Journal is reporting that Churchill Downs announced September 5th looks like the day that it will be gone. Uh, it would be the first time since 1945 that the run for the Roses was held in a month other than May. What happened that year, 1945? Well, World War II, so that was the Kentucky Derby shifted to June. That would mean that the Preakness would take place September 19th, Belmont October 10th. Oh, that's going to be cold in Belmont. Let's take a look at some of the odds, though. Authentic is 6-1 to one as of right now. Tis the Law at 7-1. to one. Nadal, 10-1. to one. Charlatan, 12-1. to one. Honor AP, 14-1. to one. Maxfield, 15-1. to one. Et in the end, 16-1. to one. Sol Volante, 20-1. to one. Enforceable, 23-1. to one. Silver Prospector, 24-1. to one. Governor Morris, 26-1. to one. Independence Hall, 27-1. to one. And then you got your long shots from there. King Guillermo, 30 to 1. Thousand Words, 34 to 1. Modernist, 35 to 1. Basin, 38 to 1. Candy Tycoon, 50 to 1. Mischievous Alex, 50 to 1. And Storm the Court, 60 to 1. The last one, Max Player, 71 to 1. Those odds certainly will change, but that is what are the odds this week. All right, guys, look, uh, there's been a lot of free agent moves and a lot of them that will impact your wallet if you pay attention. First of all, where we sit today, Cam Newton is a free agent. The Carolina Panthers let him go. And it seems like there wasn't much of a market for Cam. Look, I used to do radio in Charlotte, and I called him Scam Newton. And oftentimes I would call him Scam Newton uh, the segment or two before <laughs> the next host had him on. And it was a whole, you know, thing with Cam and, and myself. And then I bet on them uh, in the preseason. I'm sure you guys have heard this story. I tied them uh, 41 to 1 odds when they went to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, I backed it up, so I hedged and I made some money. But all I keep remembering is Cam Newton not diving for that ball in the Super Bowl. But I'm going to finally defend Cam here. Cam Newton's a special talent, guys. This is a former MVP. This is a player that I don't like his attitude at times. I don't like his antics of the Superman jersey and this and that. I don't think he's a very good thrower of the football. But ladies and gentlemen, he should have been signed over quite a few other players. Someone's going to pick him up, and it's going to be, I think, a chip on his shoulder that he didn't have quite the market. I think it's going to rejuvenate him. And I could see a huge, huge year out of Cam Newton. I have never been a Cam Newton supporter. I have never been a Cam Newton fan. I'm not going to start being a fan now or a supporter now, but I will tell you the reality. Reality is I see an opportunity here. I see an opportunity with a massively talented, one of the most purely gifted athletes that the quarterback position has ever seen. I don't think that's an arguable statement. I think Cam needs to get his head on. I think it's all a matter of his head. I think it's all a matter of does he want to play football? And oftentimes, when young men get knocked down for the first time ever. Remember, Cam Newton has kind of got handed everything. He's been the golden child. Even when he was kicked out of Florida for stealing laptops and whatnot, he landed right back in the SEC, right back on his feet, right? Cam Newton is finally in a place where people are doubting his football acumen. They've always doubted, uh, you know, or mostly have doubted maybe his makeup, maybe whatever you want to say uh, about his focus, we'll say. Um... But nobody's ever doubted his football acumen, how well he can perform on the field. And it looks like a lot of teams are doing that. This is a case where I think Cam's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I, I hope, for Cam's sake, that he comes back focused. And I think he could help a team. So Cam Newton's somebody to watch. My team, the Chicago Bears, signed Nick Foles, and I'm going, why? I just mentioned Cam Newton. I am no Cam fan. 
I think the Bears are a better team with Cam Newton at quarterback. Nick Foles is a winner. Yes, he is. But there's multiple things. Number one, do you believe Nick Foles can stay healthy an entire season? I do not. Now, Nick Foles is with a lot of personnel that know him well. They were with him with the Eagles, uh, and that is great. They were, you know, he comes down from the Kansas City tree, and Nagy knows him. I get it. I don't think Nick Foles is marketably better than Mitch Trubinsky. And I've said all along I wouldn't take a quarterback and put pressure on Trubinsky that wasn't marketably better than Mitch Trubinsky. I worry about this signing for the Chicago Bears. Do I think that Nick Foles can win the division? Absolutely. Do I think Nick Foles can win playoff games? I do. But a lot is, you know, he's got to be the secondary piece. Quote, unquote, the game manager. And he's got to stay healthy. You put a guy like Cam Newton back there, I feel pretty confident that he stays healthy. What were the odds of the Chicago Bears to win the Super Bowl? And then uh, before they signed Nick Foles, what were the odds directly after? Exactly the same. So if I'm looking at the Chicago Bears this year and I'm saying, all right, look, I think they're going to have a bounce back. I like them to go to the Super Bowl last year. They have a dynamic defense. I believe in Matt Nagy could could kind of motivate guys. I like Allen Robinson. I think they're going to have a better running attack. If I'm convincing myself about the Bears the entire time when Mitch Trubinsky was the quarterback, I'm feeling exactly the same. Exactly the same. I still believe that the Bears are a playoff team. I still believe that the Bears can win a playoff game. I still do not believe that the Bears have what it takes to win the Super Bowl. That doesn't change with Nick Foles, and it doesn't change with Mitch Trubinsky. I think it's a, a generally a sideways move. Now, if Cam Newton was back there, I, I may I may be uh, not a Cam Newton fan, but I understand what he is, and, and I think that the odds would have gone up. How about the Saints? The Saints are uh, very, very busy. Saints re-signed Andrews, Peace to a fi- uh, Andrews Pete to a five-year contract, left guard, one of the best in the the deal, I mean, this is one of the best in the league, but one of the best deals because you're getting at him just, uh, look, this guy is fantastic. He starts every single game. Great, great left guard. How about Emmanuel Sanders going to the Saints? This is a big move because Emmanuel Sanders is the undercut. He is the seven-yard slant. He is that under guy. He's the Julian Edelman, Wes Welker of the group, should we say. And you know that Michael Thomas has to get some help. You have guys like Jared Cook and Ted Ginn and Taekwon Smith. None of them are the over the middle, underneath, pass pattern, under the linebacker. This is all of a sudden giving just another weapon to the Saints. I I gotta tell you, this is a very, very underrated and very, very good move. Uh, Let's talk about really what's going on with the New England Patriots. Mike Gerard is reporting that the Patriots are unlikely to target any free agents. They are looking like they're going to go with Brian Hoyer. I have a hard time believing that Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham are replacing Tom Brady. I just have a hard time with it. Look, Jameis Winston's still out there. I don't believe Jameis Winston is a fit here. I don't know if there's ever been a coach ever in the history of the NFL that hated quarterback turnovers more than Bill Belichick. And he's going to go out there and get Jameis Winston? No, I don't think so. And I'm hearing a lot of reports that potentially the Miami Dolphins would get Winston. He's worth the gamble. The guy's talented. He's worth the gamble. But is Winston better than Fitzpatrick at this point? And then, oh, by the way, what if the Dolphins go out there and draft Tua uh, or whoever they might get, maybe a Herbert? I don't don't like that fit. I don't like it. But Winston, you can't imagine that a guy that had that kind of year that he did. I know all the interceptions, but he's a talented guy. He's going to sit on the sidelines and not have a team. 
How about Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's been discussed by the Patriots, right? Is Andy Dalton their guy? We all thought so. For months and months, we thought, okay, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy. But Andy Dalton, is he the guy that come in and push Jared Stidham, or does he just win the job? Do you just hand Andy Dalton the job? Where's Belichick's head? Going out and getting Brian Hoyer, I understand it. Kind of a coach on the field sort of guy. He's one of your own. He's a solid backup. I get all that. But is Andy Dalton really the next guy up? So I don't believe, you know, look, I don't believe that they've closed the book on Andy Dalton. I don't love Andy Dalton, though. Not in this spot. I don't love going into the season with Stidham and Hoyer. I don't think there's any chance they take Jameis Winston. So it brings me back to speculation on Cam. Could Cam Newton survive with Bill Belichick? Oh, if there's anybody to get a guy motivated and to use that chip on his shoulder, Cam Newton in New England makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Dalton's kind of the safe route that everyone's looking at, but it makes a lot of sense on the surface. Let's talk about the other guy in the divorce. That's Tom Brady. A lot of teams are calling the Bucks. A lot of players are calling the Bucks and saying, trade for me. A lot of teams are calling the Bucks and saying, what do you want to trade for? including Julian Edelman. Look, there's been a mass exodus here in New England. They've lost quite a few talented players. They let go of Steven Goskowski recently. And Julian Edelman, there was a speculation tweet that went out there. And the speculation tweet went out there and it said, hey, you know, maybe uh, uh, Deion Sanders put it out there and, and said, hey, you know, maybe Edelman should push for a trade and try to join Tom and see see what's happening there. And Julian Edelman liked and retweeted that. So maybe there's a little fire where there's some smoke. Who knows, right? I, I mean, that's what it's looking like to me. Right now, I think it's impossible to bet on the New England Patriots one way or the other because you don't know who their quarterback is. If you told me that Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer were the quarterback duo for the New England Patriots next year, it'd be a lot easier to make a decision to bet against them than if I thought maybe Cam Newton would be it. Now, I know there's a mass exodus there, but it's something to pay attention to. How about the Steelers? The Steelers go out there. They sign Eric Ebron to a two-year, $12 million contract, and there's rumors that Jameis Winston might go there. Look, this is a great shot for a team like the Steelers that maybe have maybe a year left of Big Ben, two at most, to go get a shot with a guy like Winston, who is a big player, has turnover problems, maybe learns under Ben. You go out, you get Eric Ebron. I don't really like this. I don't like this move. Uh, you know, people are getting a little crazy about uh, the idea of Eric Ebron. He went down. He's a touchdown catcher, and that's about it. And I don't mind Vance McDonald. How about the Broncos? They signed Melvin Gordon. And I've told you all off season the Broncos are the team to watch. I like Drew Locke. I really like Cortland Sutton. I like what Denver's doing at the skill positions. They needed a little boost. I know they didn't necessarily need Melvin Gordon because they do have some good running backs there with Lindsey and Freeman. But all of a sudden, now you got a three-headed back. you got a dynamic running back. I like defensively what they're doing, especially with a great defensive coach. This is all of a sudden a team that you really have to pay attention to. you got to pay attention to that. So free agency news. Uh, you know, I'm waiting to hear where Cam goes. I'm sorry if Nick Foles is the big news because the reality is, guys, it shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. So I wanted to go over a couple of things. I'm going to tell you my three best moves of free agency up until this point. Well, the three best teams. I like that the Saints added Sanders. I like that the Saints kept their guys. Right? Those are all good moves. But they don't 
move the needle. Saints were already a massive favorite. So I'm looking at this from a betting perspective. The Saints were already a massive favorite. Number one move is Tom Brady to the Bucks. Okay? Brady has two of the best wide receivers he's ever had. The last time he had these kind of good wide receivers, the guy threw 50 touchdown passes. I like Goodwin. I like Evans. I like what Tampa Bay is doing there. The odds obviously jumped all the way up. The odds were massively impactful. I won't touch the Bucks, but you got to like the move overall. And you watch that happen on the money line uh, where they've gone to, and they've gone to 14-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. They're more than double the odds of where New England, who is at 30-1. to 1. I like what the Browns have done. They signed Hooper. They signed Conklin. They signed a, a good backup in Case Keenum. I like what the the Browns did. Now, this didn't move the needle on the betting line. No, this didn't move the needle on the betting line, and I'm okay with that. I am okay with this not moving the needle. Uh, The Browns last year, I was pounding the table all summer long to tell you guys, do not bet the Browns. Do not bet Baker Mayfield. I pounded and told you not to do it. This year, I'm going the other way. I think the Browns are a little value. I think everyone's off of them. To use a minor league baseball term, they're a post-hype sleeper, right? Um, If Mayfield struggles, I think there'd be no problem to put Keenum in there. They have two dynamic running backs. They've secured their offensive line. They have plenty of weapons offensively. I mean, massive weapons offensively. Uh, Miles Garrett's going to come back. Look, all of a sudden, the Browns to me. The Browns are a team to watch. And then the last thing, look, Casey for a seventh was huge by the Broncos. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. I love everything the Broncos have done. I love that. But I also like what the Ravens have done. Getting Calais Campbell for basically nothing was a pretty big move. Pretty huge move there. Now, we're talking about quarterbacks. So I wanted to talk to you about the signings. Here we go. Top 10 2020 quarterbacks how much they're getting paid. Russell Wilson is at the top of the heap, $53 million. I don't have any problem with that. Kirk Cousins, $40 million. Uh, we know that that's ridiculous. <laughs> we know it's ridiculous, but he's getting $40 million. Carson Wentz, $39.3. I- I'm, I'm okay with that. Ryan Tannehill, $37.5. I- I'm not okay with that one. Jared Goff, $31. Not okay with that one. Dak Prescott, $30. Not okay with that one. Jimmy Garoppolo, $25.5. Not okay with that one. Brady, Breeze, and Rivers, all $25 million apiece. I'm okay with two of the three. Teddy Bridgewater, 24. Not okay with that. Ben Roethlisberger, 21. So, I said I was going to give you top 10, but I gave you 12. Out of the top 12 highest paid quarterbacks for the 2020 season, I'm okay with Russell Wilson, although it's ridiculous money. I'm okay with that. I I can live with Carson Wentz, okay, even though it's kind of ridiculous money for Wentz. I can live with that. Brady at $25 million. Probably expensive at this point in his career, but I can live with that. Breeze at $25 million. I can live with that. Ben Roethlisberger at $20 million. Uh, more than half I do not agree with. More than half of the highest paid quarterbacks. You could see how much a valuable quarterback is. And to get him on a rookie contract is even more valuable. Even more valuable. How about overall position and the money spent right now? Colts have the most expensive quarterback position at 47.1. Running back, fullback, Niners, 23.7. It makes sense. Wide receivers for the Chiefs, almost 42. Bears and Eagles. Bears have like nine tight ends under their roster. Eagles, we know how much Earth makes, 15.7. Offensive line goes to the Raiders. You got to like that at 65 million. Defensive line goes to the Chiefs at 50 million. Linebackers, Packers, 43. Defensive backs, the Miami Dolphins at 63. And special teams are the Saints. So that's where the money is allocated and where we're looking overall at the money being allocated. So that's that's the NFL 
that's what we're looking at for free agency. We're, we're going to continue to keep it up. We're going to continue to come back to the NFL season and, and talk about free agents here and there over the course of the next couple of weeks. And I'll tell you, once Cam goes, we're going to see some lines move, and I'll give you my opinion on that. Maybe he'll go in the next couple of days. I can't believe he's not already signed, so we'll keep you abreast of that. Now we're going to do a little segment that we call Bet to the Future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, Bet to the to future. The future. All right, guys, bet to the future. We are talking about the AFC East. Tom Brady's out. Bill Belichick's left all by himself. Bill Belichick's left alone. Oh, boy. Well, what did this do to the AFC East odds? Now, we know all of a sudden the Tampa Bay Bucks went all the way up to 14-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. So many people are liking Brady. So many people are liking them to, to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots plummeted all the way down to 30-1. to 1. They plummeted far down. But how about the AFC East odds? I picked the AFC East to talk about today because it is one of the most interesting divisions. You have an up-and-coming Miami Dolphins team that were terrible last year, but not as terrible as people thought. They have made a lot of moves this offseason. They have so many draft picks. They're going to be making more moves. So you have to speculate on the futures market of the Dolphins. They're an interesting team. The New York Jets, they were the team everybody was picking last year. Everyone's going, all right, they're going to push the New England Patriots. They're going to push them. They're going to push them. What happened? Sam Darnold got mono. Sam Darnold all of a sudden uh, you know, missed a couple of games. They looked out of sync. Le'Veon Bell looked kind of like a bust. And the Jets, who had such a bright future, all of a sudden, well, now you got to look at this year and you go, are they for real, or did we get a little ahead of ourselves? The Bills did push the Patriots last year. They almost beat them twice, but they did lose twice. Now, the Bills did get into the playoffs. The Bills looked good in the playoffs. The Bills had the number three defense in the entire NFL. They added key players this year, including Stephon Diggs, which was huge. You expect Josh Allen to make that next leap up. The Buffalo Bills are following a timeline of a team that is really, really on the ascension. And the Patriots, well, they're clearly falling. So let's look at those odds. Well, the Miami Dolphins are still plus 1,200 to win the division. Nobody's really believing in them. Uh, it, it's a lot to get over these three teams. I do believe in Fitzpatrick, and I like what Miami's doing, but I like Miami in two years. I don't like them this year, plus 1,200. Not enough to make me bite. How about the New York Jets? I think the Jets were better than they showed last year, but I have no confidence in Adam Gase at all. At 5-1 to one odds, not enough for me to win that division. I, I still think New England's tough, and I don't think that the Jets are better than the Bills. Then the Pats and the Bills are tied. Guys, this is the first time in 18 years, 19 years, that the Pats are not a massive favorite to win the division. Plus 125 for the Patriots to win the division. Plus 125 for the Bills to win the division. That is bet to the future. I'm talking about futures odds. This week, what was released? Oh, one of the favorite things of mine. The NFL MVP odds are out. They have been released, and I can't be more excited. Look, I like these kind of uh, these kind of fun things. I do. I, I like the the fun odds that we're talking about, and you get the futures odds. So there's a lot to talk about, but I do like to jump on them relatively early as well which is now. It was released by Circus Sports this week. It's usually not released this early, but I guess because of all the problems and what the country's going through, they figured, hey, let's give everybody a little something, and they did. So the NFL odds are out. Now, last year, remember, Lamar Jackson won, and he was more than 200 to 1 favorite to win. So 200 to 1, guys, that's a massive number. Looking over it, I don't see any quarterbacks 
that are anywhere near 200 to 1. Dwayne Haskins, 165 to 1. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 165 to 1 or so. So I don't see any of them. What I do think that we have to understand is this. When you are going out there and you're betting the MVP odds this year, and this is a very important thing to note that happened last season, Michael Thomas set just about every wide receiver record you could possibly set. Guys, Michael Thomas absolutely destroyed the record books last year. I'm not sure that a receiver in the history of the NFL has ever had a better season, and statistically, they say nobody ever has. Michael Thomas did not win the MVP. Michael Thomas didn't finish second in the MVP race. Michael Thomas really wasn't even a massive consideration or a massive threat in the MVP race after having the greatest wide receiver season ever. We have watched tight ends in the recent past, Gronkowski and Kelsey and Ertz, have phenomenal seasons. Nobody sniffed an MVP. Nobody came near it. Not Gronk, not Kelsey, not Ertz, nobody. In the history of the league, there's never been a tight end to win the MVP. Running backs are often a player that engulfs the public. Running backs are often a position that the public enjoys, that people like. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian McCaffrey last year set all sorts of records for a running back. He was another guy. Set them all. Everybody loved Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal in so many ways. Christian McCaffrey really wasn't a threat for the MVP, was he? Christian McCaffrey didn't win the MVP setting all those records. Now, Christian McCaffrey has a new quarterback. Christian McCaffrey is probably on a worse team. So you have to take these things into account when you're talking about NFL MVP odds. And what I'm trying to say is, guys, if you're going to bet on something, bet on a quarterback. I mean, it's just that simple. You're not getting a defensive player to win. You're not getting a wide receiver. No one's going to have a better season than Michael Thomas. Okay? It's just not happening. And even if it does, still probably not good enough to win the MVP. Running back, it would take superhuman, and I'm talking about better than Christian McCaffrey superhuman numbers. And even then, I don't think they're going to win. We are in a massive quarterback-driven league, quarterback-focused league, and this is not a statistical number. We're not talking about statistics. We're talking about a bunch of dudes sitting in a room voting who's going to be the MVP. There is the idea in the NBA that comes up often that it's this guy's time and this is who we want to promote. That's the same thing in the NFL. You want to promote somebody. You want to bring up somebody. That's going to be a quarterback. So let's start off. I'll give you uh, some of the numbers here. Just some interesting guys. I'm going to run through the list and I'll come back to it, tell you who I'm looking at. Jared Stidham is 75 to 1. Anybody loving that? Josh Allen, 40 to 1. Sam Darnold, 100 to 1. Le'Veon Bell, 300 to 1. Fitz Magic, about 165 to 1. Lamar Jackson, 6 to 1. Big Ben, 40 to 1. Mayfield, 40 to 1. Uh, Nick Chubb, 4, 150 to 1. Beckham, Odell, you like Odell? 200 to 1. Tannehill, 40 to 1. Derrick Henry, who I expect to get a lot of tickets written for him at 150 to 1. Watson's 15 to 1. Rivers is 40 to 1. Gardner Minshew, about 165 to 1. Mahomes, 5 to 1. Drew Locke, 60 to 1. Carr, 60 to 1. Josh Jacobs, 150 to 1. Prescott, 15 to 1. Zeke, 75 to 1. Carson Wentz is 30 to 1. Uh, Sanders, 150 to 1. Barkley, 75 to 1. Uh, Saquon's going to get some love. 
Rodgers is 20 to 1. Foles is 60 to 1. Breeze is 20 to 1. Thomas, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, the best wide receiver in the game, putting up ridiculous stats, is 100 to 1. 100 to 1. Tom Brady, 20 to 1. McCaffrey, 35 to 1. Garoppolo, 30 to 1. Wilson, 12 to 1. Goff, 60 to 1. Murray, 25 to 1. Cam Newton, who doesn't have a team, is 75 to 1. Winston, 100 to 1, doesn't have a team. Burrow, 55 to 1. Tua, 60 to 1. And Herbert is 200 to 1. So, sticking with my, you can't have quarterbacks. I mean, you can't have, can't have anybody but quarterbacks. Le'Veon Bell, 300 to 1, is an interesting number. I, I'm not going on it because I won't bet on anything but a quarterback. But Le'Veon Bell at 300 to 1, can he recapture something? I think Nick Chubb is going to be amazing in that offense at 150 to 1. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. Beckham, I threw him up there just because I know people like uh, to do it. Beckham's not winning. Derrick Henry's going to get a lot of tickets at 150-1. to Again, I just won't go near it. I I won't go near a running back. And I don't expect him to have the same kind of success he had in the playoffs. Um, Josh Jacobs, same thing, 150-1. to Nice number. He's not going to win it. Ezekiel Elliott, 75-1. to He's living on a name recognition more than anything else. Uh, Barkley, 75-1. to 1. Again, somebody else I can see doing it, but you got to expect that the Giants are going to win that division for him to get that kind of love. He's going to have a better year than McCaffrey. The Giants have to win that division, and the Giants probably more than likely have to win like 12 games or so. I don't see that happening. Thomas, 100-1. to 1. I don't think Thomas has a better year than he did last year. I don't think it's possible for Thomas to have a better year than he did last year, and he didn't win it. Everything I just said says the same thing about McCaffrey at 35 to 1. Exactly the same thing. So we're left with nothing but quarterbacks. When we cancel all them out, we're left with nothing but quarterbacks. The Le'Veon Bell 300 to 1 tempts me a little bit. Uh, and I know everyone's going to jump on Jared, Derrick Henry. I would I would just steer clear of all of it. All right. Jared Stidham, it's fun to talk about him at 75 to 1. Come on. Come on. No way. Sam Darnold, 100-1. to one. You know, he's going to take a massive, massive leap. I don't see that happening. I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen at 41 is interesting, but this is a team that that runs the ball. They play conservative. I don't see that happen. Fitzmagic at 200-1, to one, or I saw 165-1 to one is the highest in circuit sports, and I saw somebody else have 200-1. to one. Fitzmagic's not winning it, but I kind of just want to hold the ticket that says, like, $10 on Fitzmagic. <laughs> I mean, come on. that That's a fun one. Um... Rivers at 40 to 1 with the Colts, eh, not MVP worthy. Minshew, you could just cross that off. That's kind of crazy. Um, Drew Locke, I think he's going to have a good year. Derek Carr, I think he's a little underrated. Neither one of them at 60 to 1 are worth the price tag. Neither is Foles. I'm a Bears fan. Foles ain't winning that. Uh, you can look at Garoppolo at 30 to 1. The team is too much of a run centric team for him to do that. Jared Goff, he's lost all his weapons. Jared Goff is. is just not that guy, not yet. Winston doesn't have a team at 100 to 1. You can't go near him. So we've narrowed the field. Let's continue to roll here. Let's talk about the three rookies. Burrow at 55 to 1. He would have to do what he would have to do to win this MVP at 55 to 1, ladies and gentlemen. He would have to take the Cincinnati Bengals and have them win that division. Or at the very least, win a wild card. Do you believe the Cincinnati Bengals are making the playoffs this year? If you say no, you can't take 55 to 1 on Joe Burrow. And let me tell you something. Joe Burrow at 55 to 1, those are still terrible odds. Michael Thomas is 100 to 1 odds. Joe Burrow is 55 to 1. Get the hell out of here. Tua at 60 to 1. 
Uh, I guess this depends on where Tool goes. I don't think this is a terrible bet, but I, I hate the odds at 60 to 1. You know, to me, I, I hate the odds at 60 to 1. I can't go near this. 60 to 1. If you gave me 100 to 1, maybe I'd throw a little bit on Tua. But I don't know what we're going to get with Tua. I don't know what team he's going to right now. I'm holding off on that. Herbert at 200 to 1 is interesting. Herbert at 200 to 1 is interesting because he's likely the third quarterback off the board. He can likely go to a team that might be a playoff caliber team. He might go to a team that is a little further down the trough. Maybe he goes to a fourth off the board, right? Maybe he's that fourth quarterback down on the list. And now all of a sudden he's going to a team that has the potential to go 8-8 eight and eight and in the new system. 200 to 1 odds, he's the guy I'd be putting my money on uh, of all the rookies, but I'm not putting my money on him. So now we go to the big boys. Well, first let's eliminate some of the quasi-big boys. And I'm saying Baker Mayfield at 40 to 1 and Ryan Tannehill at 40 to 1. Look, the numbers are just not there. Baker Mayfield has the ability to win this. Baker Mayfield has the team to win the MVP. Baker Mayfield last year was getting a lot of love to win the MVP. But Baker Mayfield has not fallen as hard. I think there's, here's my statement on Baker Mayfield win the MVP. I think there is as much chance of Baker Mayfield to win the MVP in the NFL as there is that he loses his job by week eight. Now, I don't think either thing happens. But if you sat here and you put somebody in this chair for Cleveland and they ranted and raved for an hour and told me they believe Baker Mayfield could win the MVP, and then you put somebody else in this chair and they said Baker Mayfield's going to lose his job, I'm listening to both arguments. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to be a, a decent player, not MVP worthy. It's just not. Big Ben at 40-1 to 1 makes a lot of sense. Big Ben comes back. He leads the Steelers. All of a sudden, everybody's you know looking at Big Ben. Wow, he turned this around. It's not a terrible bet right there. Not a terrible bet. Deshaun Watson at 15-1 to 1 is a guy that I always seem to like, but you have got to hate what Bill O'Brien did to him, and he took away his best weapon. You can't go near that. Dak Prescott. Does anybody believe Dak Prescott's going to have a better year than he did last year? He had a great year last year. He wasn't even in the, in the conversation outside of Skip Bayless's mind. Dak Prescott was never in the conversation. At 15 to 1 odds, I'm eliminating him too. Tom Brady, everybody wants to give it to him. 20 to 1 odds, I'm not going near it, guys. Tom Brady would have to have one of the best years of his career in a new home, in a new division, with new components, and even then it might not be enough. Taking Brady out, Brady out at 20 to 1. Kyler Murray's a guy I, I talked about last year. I thought he, I, and I still think, he's the guy to make the next leap up. He's the next leap quarterback. We're going to talk about him in the next elite group. But at 25 to 1 odds, I have to believe that the Cardinals have to be a better team. And I don't think the Cardinals are a marketably better team. I think he'll have good numbers. I don't love the team. Drew Brees, they've gone more run conservative here for Brees to win this. Brees will have the numbers. Brees will look good at 20 to 1 odds. He's worth a shot. But I don't love it because I've seen how the Saints offense is running now. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Look, I've been saying Aaron Rodgers is overrated for about five years now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is clearly on the decline. They have lost some weapons. Aaron Rodgers is a bad bet at 20 to 1. Lamar Jackson at 6 to 1. Lamar Jackson won it last year. I just don't see him doing it back to back. I think the entire league, I don't want to call Lamar Jackson a strict gimmick quarterback, but he's gimmicky. 
And I think with the, with time off, and I'm not talking about the coronavirus time off, I'm talking about overall time off, time off to prepare for Lamar Jackson is going to make him less effective this year. He's not going to take teams by surprise. Second half of the year wasn't as good as the first half. Playoffs, he certainly wasn't as good. Six to one odds, ridiculous. So that leads us with five. Five players. Big Ben at 40 to one. I like everything I see in Big Ben. I think if he comes back and he leads Pittsburgh to where I think he could leave Pittsburgh, he's going to be up there. Remember, just a couple of years ago, this guy led the NFL in passing yards. Big Ben is certainly a guy that could come back and win this MVP. My problem with Big Ben is only three times in his entire career has he stayed healthy an entire year. And he's come back from a major surgery, and they're adding another game, and he's getting ready for the playoffs maybe. I, 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 I can't do it. 40-1 to 1 is so tempting, but I can't do it. Patrick Mahomes at 5-1. to 1. Mahomes, everyone's going to jump on. Mahomes is the obvious choice. Mahomes is the Mike Trout here. And while I think Mike Trout's going to win the MVP, I don't love the odds, so I stayed off of it. While I think Matt Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win the MVP, at 5-1 to one odds, I don't like it enough. So that leaves us with three players. Russell Wilson at 12-1 to one odds is a player I would bank on just about every year. Russell Wilson does things every single year to put him right in the MVP conversation. The Seattle Seahawks are designed for everything about Cam Newton. I'm sorry about Russell Wilson. It's all Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. 12-1 to one odds is a little intriguing. My worry is this, is that Russell Wilson was winning the MVP up until uh, about midseason last year. He's who I had winning the MVP, and you could say that about him every year. But Pete Carroll consistently said, we are going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball. All of a sudden, I don't think he's going to change the philosophy. I don't think Wilson will have the numbers because of Pete Carroll. So I'll eliminate Wilson at 12-1. to I'm left with two guys. Cam Newton at 75-1 to odds without a team right now is intriguing. I don't like Cam Newton. I told you that. I've never liked Cam Newton. But boy, do I respect him. 75 to 1 odds, if he lands on a team like New England in the next couple of days, that's a player I might jump on. I might jump on him now in anticipation of where he would be. It would not shock me to see Cam Newton find himself in a perfect situation and all of a sudden Cam Newton walking away and sitting there and saying, yep, I got the MVP. 75 to 1 odds, that's worth it. The last guy that I already put money on is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz to me makes a lot of sense guys Carson Wentz is a player that was on an MVP trajectory until he couldn't stay healthy and he seemingly can't stay healthy last year he had no weapons everyone was hurt everything went wrong for Carson Wentz last year everything went royally terrible for Carson Wentz last year and you know what still put up good numbers still looked effective I think he's in a division that can be won I think the Philadelphia Eagles are an organization with coaching that put him in the best position to succeed. I think with health, that Eagles offense can be explosive. We watched early on when they were healthy how good they were. Offensive line, not a concern in Philly. Carson Wentz is Ben Roethlisberger when it comes to can he stay on the field. Carson Wentz is a lot younger. He's got more opportunities. And he's facing weaker defenses. So where I'm looking now, Carson Wentz at 30 to 1 odds is worth a couple of bucks. I got a couple of bucks on Carson Wentz because of the 30 to 1 odds. Cam Newton is the guy that this week I said, you know, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to think to myself with Cam Newton, who does he have? Right? Who does he go to? Who does he have around him? What am I looking at with Cam Newton? But 
before it changes and he winds up in a beautiful situation somewhere, taking 75 to 1 odds on Cam Newton, there's been worse bets out there. So my NFL MVP talk, I'm going to throw a couple bucks on Carson Wentz. I may throw a couple bucks on Cam Newton this week in anticipation that he's going to wind up somewhere else really, really good. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Lots of stuff going on in the NFL, and the NFL is king right now. NFL draft coming up next week. We'll talk a little bit about the draft. We'll talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence and how good he is. Stay safe out there. Remember, everybody, go out there, wash your hands. Make sure you stay safe. Social distancing at its best. And the best way to social distance is listening to this podcast and listening to everything at sportsgarden.com. We'll be back next week. You can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.